Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada. I'm here with Dan Rudman again. And I, I don't know exactly how this conversation is going to go. Obviously, there's this whole Israel-Hamas conflict going on in the Middle East right now. And I don't really, we don't want to really weigh in on what's actually going on mm -hmm. right now over there politically, all that type of stuff. Like, i rather just yeah. stay away. And it doesn't mean we don't have our perspective. Perspectives or opinions. Yeah, we do. But, you know, not something I want to say necessarily publicly. Yeah. But what, what I would like to say publicly, though, is just, I mean, we're Bible guys. Uh, we're theology guys. So I can, I can speak towards uh, a theological view of Israel. And that's really kind of... You could say the theme or or title of this yeah. episode is is okay. Theologically speaking, what's going on with with Israel? Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly, like Israel's pretty significant <laughs> in in God's redemptive plan. Like about as significant as it gets. Uh -huh. I mean, you have God making a covenant with this guy Abraham way back in the day, mm -hmm. and 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 saying that you know through your seed I'm going to bless all the nations, and then. You know, he, he he creates a nation from the physical seed of Abraham, mm -hmm. and eventually, Christ comes from that seed, that physical seed. Mm -hmm. So, the God of the universe, who created all things, when he takes on human flesh and enfleshes himself with a human nature, that human nature is of the ethnicity of of Jew. <laughs> yeah, well, of Abraham. Yeah, of Abraham, a physical yeah. descendant. Yeah, of Abraham. Yeah. Now that's significant. Uh, and he's 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 of the ethnic line of David, uh -huh. uh, this 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 Jewish king mm -hmm. that that God also makes a covenant with, mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of significance theologically, biblically with with the the nation of Israel. Uh, certainly, the nation of Israel was God's old covenant people. And you'll hear, and maybe this is why we're talking about this a little bit, is you'll hear people say today, Christians especially, uh, that in a way to articulate how they're for Israel, the nation of Israel today, and what's going on over there, they'll say, well, Israel, Israel is God's people. Uh, these Jews over here are God's people. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really loaded statement. Very loaded, and you have to nuance that a lot, and there's a lot into that. Now, a lot of people just say that in ignorance or just say that because it, it's just something to say yeah. in a way to, to, to basically say, hey, I, su I support Israel in this conflict. Yeah. They'll say, oh, Israel's God's people or the Jews are God's people. And, and yet theologically, though, and biblically, that's, just, that's such a loaded statement. Like, yeah. what do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of questions. You a have lot to of questions. Think. Like, what do you mean they're they're God's people? And so maybe, maybe that's kind of like that question is is maybe the question that will then kind of entertain a little bit as we start to think biblically and theologically about the covenants, about Israel, about the church, about Gentiles, about Jews. I mean, yeah. all that is going into that. Yeah. And and I don't. Again, we don't necessarily have like a an outline for this discussion. But I do want to go into some biblical texts. I do want to go into like Romans and especially Romans 11 mm. and, and think about, okay, what are the different views that people hold towards Israel? And, and how are we as Christians supposed to think about Israel and Jews? Mm -hmm. and, and some Christians 
truly biblically astute Christians, theologically yeah. disagree, disagree, have some disagree. So yeah. you kind of same thing. You got to say, well, okay, here's where they disagree. Yep. And so, right now, you could go back. Those of you who listen to this podcast regularly probably remember in the summer. I don't know June, Juneish. I don't know when I released the episode. Maybe it was in July. I had an episode when I was up in Fargo with uh, Cody Wackerly and Adam Neswell. We talked about the relationship between Israel, the church, and the kingdom. And so there's a lot more uh, in that episode that I probably don't want to touch on in this one just because it would be, be overly redundant. Um, and we kind of talk about the difference between covenant theology and dispensational theology and the different views and stuff. So we'll hit a little bit of that in this one. But again, there are different views, and a lot of it comes underneath these banners of, well, we call it theological systems. Uh, This whole kind of like broad lens, meta narrative, like banner umbrella that is kind of your grid for understanding how the whole Bible fits together. And so, what what is the whole theme? Of the Bible, or what's the what's the theme that unites the whole Bible, or what's the overall story that the Bible is is you know united under, and and that's where we get to this idea of theological systems, mm-hmm. and you have two, broad, you have two theological systems, generally speaking, covenant theology mm-hmm. and dispensational theology, and then there's obviously a bunch of nuances underneath covenant and dispensational theology, mm-hmm. and wherever you fall in that is kind of how you're going to answer this question. Well, what's God's intentions with yep. with Jews or Israel? But even when you say that, Sam, if I could just qualify yeah. for people who are maybe aren't familiar with the conversation, um, we're not saying, or you're not saying, that there's an outside structure that you put on the Scripture and read through it. Right. Each of those groups would say, "I'm getting this structure from the Scripture." From the Scriptures. And right. that now I'm, you could say, reading back in, but yeah. it's because it came from the Scripture in right. the first place, right? So right. I just want to emphasize that. Yeah. So, Maybe people that pick up on that, it's not a big deal. But right. it's not like you're taking something on the outside and posing it on the scripture. Right. But it is a, a, a grid, yeah. a yeah. lens, yeah. by which you now start looking at the rest of the scripture. Right. And so there's these two broad categories, right? Covenant, yeah. Covenant and dispens- dispensational. And then what they're, each of their views of how they see Israel fitting into the system. Right. And then one other thing um, that I would just throw in for people is that this gets to what's called a hermeneutic. Like, how do you interpret the scripture? How do you bring the exactly. Old Testament scriptures in? How do you bring Daniel in here? How do you think about these things? Right. Yeah. So it's again, these are these are well thinking, yeah, scholarly, true believers who um, are kind of approaching these things a little differently sometimes. Right. Right. And you have your persuasion. Yep, I have my persuasion. And I'm sure that will probably come out. Yep. But, but um. But again, I, yeah, you, when you and I were talking about this, I just said, gosh, these are such volatile days. Yeah. And it, it is interesting because it would be good to help Christians. Th- in fact, even this morning, right? I had a sister call me just before we started the podcast, had questions. She's watching the news. Hey, Dan, can yep. you tell me? And I thought, yeah, so, you know, how, how do you how do you think about this? And again, I don't really want to weigh into the what we would call the geopolitical. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's a humanitarian awful crisis going on. Yep. There's real people, you know, killed there's people that are arguing some people would say we have a right to kill there's really there's real evil going on yeah there's real evil and i'm going there eh. so it's a it's a mess we're just trying to avoid the mess but talk truly theologically for you yeah know, give give some any, anybody but yeah. you know particularly probably christians who think about this like yeah. how do you think about israel in light of this so right 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 and so i i briefly mentioned the abrahamic covenant uh and so maybe we'll just start there just to give some categories uh 
Genesis Genesis 17, 4 through 8. I'll read that. Um, God says, Behold, my covenant is with you. He's talking to, at this point, Abram. Uh, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you, and I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and and I will be their God. Now, when we interpret this passage um, in light of the New Testament, we have to come to grips with the fact that there's two senses of the word offspring in this covenant. You have you have Abraham's physical offspring mm-hmm. from his physical seed. Bloodline. Yep. Bloodline, yep. literally, like physical descendants. Right. And then and then the fact of when you when you read this though, the fact that there's going to be kings that come from him, kings of other nations. That other nations will be blessed through through his offspring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you realize like, well, how is that how is that possible though? And that was the even getting to the New Testament. That was the confusion. Right? Yeah, that was part of the confusion. Like, wait a minute, wait, no, we're 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 Jewish. We're we're part of the line of Abraham. Yeah. What's these Gentiles have to do with this? Right. right. And it was how, that was how, that was right. that was a confusing conversation. Confu- like, how are how are they going to be a part of this? Right. How are other nations right. going to be a part of this? Other How are they going to be blessed? Right. Yep. How are there going to be kings of these other nations that are going to be a part of this? Right. And so it's kind of confusing. But then when we, then when obviously it's a mystery and it's even described as a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Paul then, talks about that. Yeah. And then Ephesians, Christ, this mystery. Yeah. And then yep. Christ comes. Yeah. Who is, who is a ethnic Jew, but God in the flesh. And, and he offers himself up as a sacrifice and and he tears you know that the, the curtain of the temple in a sense and and now mm-hmm. the gentiles can come in because he just he literally just died for gentiles yeah. as well yeah so then you have this paul talks about this in romans 4 where this idea that now there's also a, a, another sense of seed of abraham and that the other sense is a spiritual seed who share the faith of abraham mm-hmm. so now Anyone who has faith in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. they are descendants of Abraham as well. Yeah. Could I could I just say one little thing that I like to talk about? Yep. So even Abraham, you go to you know to your Romans passage. Yep. Um, he believed God, and so the yes. way the way I sort of say that is like Abraham believed the promises of God. The promises that he was going to be made in mighty, mighty nation and yep. all the, all, all yep. these nations we brought in. So he believed in something forward. Right. He was looking forward and he believed in it. Yep. And so today, if you're sitting here and you've believed in the promises of God, you believed in who Jesus Christ is, you believed in the work of Christ, you're looking back on the promises of God if, in a sense. And there's still future promises too, but that was the whole point. Abraham and those new people brought in are believing God, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it? I'm just trying to. Yep. Yeah, I'll even I'll even read some of this. What uh, is chapter three? It's chapter three where he talks about Romans three. Is that what, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just going to pick up in Romans four just to give oh, you some some okay, scripture sure. to what we're saying here. Uh, Romans four, say thirteen, verse thirteen, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring, uh, 
that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Right. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham. That's the one, that's the who best. is the father of us all, as it is written. I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. Mm-hmm. He had been told, shall your offspring be? He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. This is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Then he goes on, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So, so, and I maybe jumped ahead a little bit, but like if yeah. you go to the beginning of verse of chapter 4, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham? And that's what I was thinking of the transitions yeah. coming off of, he's saying it's not about 29 of 3. God is not... Or is God the God of Jews only? No, right. he's not the God of Gentiles also. Yes, of Gentiles also. Yeah. And then he phases yep. into Abraham. That's, yep. What, yep. that's what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why we read we read the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis in light now of the New Testament. That's a hermeneutic principle. We call it progressive revelation. So the, this this mystery of redemption is unfolding progressively over time. Right. And the more scripture that you get, the more clarity you get. Mm-hmm. And then and then you do this. You you read then the stuff that came before now in light of the newer stuff that that starts to give us more color of what was going on. Right. So so the 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 Abrahamic covenant at that time it's still kind of like clouded in some mystery. Like okay, Abraham believed it by faith that he was mm-hmm. going to become you know, the father of many nations, right. and that all the nations are going to be blessed through his offspring. Right. But he didn't quite under, and he believed it by faith, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Right. But how that all was going to, in detail, work out, yeah. didn't know. And that's what I meant by looking forward. Yep, he didn't exactly. all, He didn't even know all the details. Right. Now we now we have the fullness of the canon. You know, our canon is closed. We have all the revelation that we're going to get. Yep. We understand the passion. We understand what Christ did. Yep. We understand who the, Christ the is. The gospel's out there. The gospel's out there. Right. So now we get it. So now we understand that there's two senses of offspring. There's a physical seed and there's a spiritual seed. Right. So me and Dan are 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 Gentiles. You know, we don't have Jewish blood in us. We're not physical seed of Abraham. And so we are descendants of Abraham, spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. We're his spiritual offspring because we share the faith of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Because we look back now to Christ and his work and go, I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. by faith. Mm-hmm. It's counted to me as righteousness. Now I'm I'm... I'm brought into the covenant community. I'm brought into the people of God. Um, and so that, you could say, you could have a broad umbrella again and say, the people of God. Who are the people of God? Mm-hmm. Well, 
in a sense, they're all those who believe by faith in God and the promises of God. And what are the current promises of God, right? The gospel. The gospel, right. yep. And and then within that, within the, the broad people of God, you have different ethnic people. You have, you have mm-hmm. certainly you have Jews, mm-hmm. you have ethnic Jews. Who have a bloodline back to a Abraham. A bloodline back to Abraham. At, at, under the Old Covenant, Israel, generally speaking, the whole nation of Israel, the whole ethnic group of Israel, mm-hmm. they were God's covenant people, mm-hmm. but they were a physical people. Mm-hmm. And among them were truly the elect who shared the faith of Abraham, David, Amongst Samuel, that ethnic group. People, amongst that Which ethnic is interesting, group. right? And that's yep. what Paul was saying in Romans 2. Yep. You know, what's a real Jew? In fact, I should read this. Yeah. It's just really good. It, he's saying, okay, so if you go to Romans 2, 27, 28, he's, he's talking about, um, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Yeah. It's really interesting, right? Yeah. And circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. Right. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Right. So even that, you could say potentially muddies the water because... Old Testament, you have this ethnicity, you're people of God, yep. meaning you're you have this line back to Abraham. Yep, and he's made a covenant with you. But even within that, then you have a true Jew. You have a true what Paul is saying is the true Jew is the one that was circumcised by the Spirit. Yep. You say sealed with the Spirit, has the Holy Spirit. Shared the faith of Abraham. Yep. So simultaneously, so, so you yeah. What, so you simultaneously, have, that's the yeah, way to say it. You yep. have you have a physical line. Like, for instance, I I I'm only a descendant of Abraham via a spiritual seed. Yeah, the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some. Yeah. Like Paul, like Samuel, yep. like David, like Moses, who are actually descendants of Abraham in both senses, spiritual yes. and physical. That's it. And that's the 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 true Jew. Yep. The Jew within the Jew, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what yeah. 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 yeah, and that seems to be what Paul is saying. Now, again, there's people that would interpret that differently. A more a hard covenantal reading of that would be like, well, no, what Paul is saying is that 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 Jews are are just um, those who share the faith. Like this is what we get into, like replacement theology. You've maybe you've heard the term supersessionism before. The fact that the church replaces Israel, um, supersedes Israel, uh, and and that he's just specifically speaking that no, the Jew is just the one who has the faith. And I'm saying no, he's he's saying maybe I'm muddying the water with that. Maybe I'm confusing people, but. Well, you can explain it though. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. So, for the sake of this discussion this morning, that's why this is a valuable discussion because right. some people listening haven't thought through these different right. And so they hear a general statement: people right. of God, right? You know all the stuff going on in the world. Well, it depends what you mean. Yep. You have to think it through. So, no, I think it's fair. So, even when you use the word super session, super, just explain yeah, that little little piece. It yeah, it's it's even the theological view. Yeah. That the church, which is God's new covenant community. Right. And wh- what is the church? The church is made up of all those who have repented and believed in Christ for salvation. Right. And sealed with the Holy Spirit is sealed the key. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. That's hugely key. That's the key. We, what we call is a regenerate, a regenerated yeah. people. Yep. It's not somebody who said a prayer. We've right. talked about that in other podcasts. Right. Though, you know, there's this, it looks like somebody responded to God. Right. Great. But it's people But if you're to rip open their chest, you know, hypothetically speaking, yeah. the Spirit would be in there. Yes. Sealing them. They've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yep. So there's those people. Okay, yep. keep going. So supersessionism. So it's saying that okay, before Christ, God's covenant people were 
ethnic, national Israel. Yep. The nation of Israel and all those who are physically descended from Abraham. Mm-hmm. And they were a shadow, a type. They were they were um, they were used by God, and then and then eventually when Christ comes and and does His work on the cross, the the people that come from Him, the people of faith, sealed with the Spirit, mm-hmm. they replace they replace the old covenant people, yep. which was Israel. Yeah, <clears throat> they replace them. Because they fulfilled that. So, so the consistent thought would be this: is that God always—it's the Old Testament promise. I will be their God; they will be my people, and I'll make my presence with them. Yes. And the the—it's called supersessionism. Yes. You don't have to get hung up on the word, but basically, is making the case that that promise is now not an ethnicity tied to Abraham. Right. It's those who put their trust in Christ. That's what God meant. Right. And so think about this in a, in a we use the word biblical theology. We trace themes and images and things throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really fascinating. So, okay, you have, you have um, covenant theology. We'll say Christ is, Christ is Israel. They'll make this. Christ is the true Israelite. He is Israel. And, and so the nation of Israel, we call it a type. And then every type has what's called an antitype, which is the fulfillment of the type. The type is a shadow. The antitype is the reality. That makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. So Israel is a type. Well, who are they a type to? They are a type to the antitype, which is Christ, the true Israel. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this is, there's, there's truth to this for sure, biblically. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the the, the redemptive storyline, mm-hmm. you have you have Israel, which is called the Son of God. They're in they're in slavery and in bondage in in Egypt, and God calls out His Son from slavery from Egypt, and He He leads him through the the waters the uh, the baptizing waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness for 40 years and and then from the wilderness into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And all this is so fascinating because what does Christ do? When Christ is incarnate, he he walks the the same Yeah, well he's baptized and he Yeah, so what does 40, he do? You know, Harry comes trying to kill all the babies. <clears throat> Where do they go? Uh you know, Joseph Egypt. and Mary, they go to Egypt. Yeah. And then and then and then God calls his son out of Egypt. Yeah. And then after he's called out of Egypt, he's baptized yeah. in the Jordan River. And then to fulfill all righteousness. And then right so. after he's baptized, what does he do? He goes out into the wilderness for 40 days, not 40 years, but 40 days yeah. to be tempted by yeah. Satan. And then after that, okay, so there clearly is this continuity in a sense mm-hmm. between the story of the nation of Israel mm-hmm. and Jesus, who is the true Israel, the true yep. Israelite. The true Jew. Yep. So, but we're saying what I'm saying again. Yeah. There's different theological positions, right? And so I'm saying y- y- yes to all of that, but that doesn't necessarily abrogate the fact that still there it could be, it might be, and I'm and arguing there is still a future yep. plan and use for this this ethnic people people. Yep. yep. The Israelites who are physical so, descendants of Abraham. So what you just did is you, you didn't use the term, but you're you're kind of displaying the two 
the two camps, main camps. Yep, covenant and dispensation. Covenant. So covenant saying no. The new people. Yep. If you will, the people of God are those who who now trust Christ. Yep. So that's called replacement. Meaning, yep. meaning today and, you can and say what, the church. What's mean by that is because because they replace it, there there's no more future for this ethnic. People, national people of Israel. Of Israel. That, that's that's the idea. That's right. the covenant idea, right? Yep. <clears throat> that's what we're saying. So you could call that replacement. You could call it uh, super supersessionism. Supersessionism. Just if people uh, hear those more, terms, that's a what more it means. positive word that <clears throat> some like to use because because replacement has a negative connotation. Yeah. Sometimes we'll just say, "Oh, it's fulfillment theology." Okay. Good. Church has fulfilled Israel. Right. And so, and then the other category then is the uh, uh, premillennialism. Yep. Which is where you 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 personally lean, yes. and that's saying, and y'all you you need to explain that. But you're saying no, there there really is a future for this ethnic people. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, in the future. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and so we'll look at texts that will unpack <clears throat> that. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of saying a both and in a little bit. Like, I mean, think about it too. Like, okay, Christ, the true Israel, the true Jew. Uh, you know, the from from Jacob, mm-hmm. who was renamed Israel. Mm-hmm. He has twelve sons who become the twelve tribes of Israel, mm-hmm. and then they, through their descendants, constitute what would be the nation of Israel. Okay. Christ yep. chooses twelve disciples. Hmm. Clearly, uh, you know, uh, carrying over the idea of of you know the twelve sons of Jacob, who is renamed Israel. Yeah. So Christ, the true Israel, chooses twelve disciples who then serve as the foundation for. The church, so yes, there, the covenant theology is is not wrong to point to all that, but also it seems like when we read our New Testaments, there still are some outstanding promises that I would argue were made to the ethnic national Israel yep. that have yet to be fulfilled. Right, and it doesn't. It's not a either or. It's a kind of a both and for me. So. You know, part of this too, though, is I w- I do want to I do want to make sure that people understand, because back to that whole statement, you know, that you hear people say right now, well, Jews are God's people. <laughs> what do you you want to ask? But what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like, if you mean they have trusted in Christ and believed in Him through faith, well, they're not God's people, because. You know. Well, you'd have to go down to an individual basis. An in individual case, basis. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. An Could individual, an are, individual are, are Jew, there maybe. Are there, yeah, are there individual Jews who have yes. accepted and trusted Christ? Right. Well, of course. Right. But, again, now you get into this discussion of an ethno-state. Uh, right. The state that right. we call Israel, right? It's got are the same are they as a state, a nation, God's people right now? Well, no, the church is. So right. there's still truth to know the churches. Yeah. Because the covenant, yep. the old covenant that was made with this right. national ethnic people was nullified. Yeah. And the, and the Bible talks about this. Hebrews 8 through 10 is yeah. really all about this. When Christ came and offered the once and for all sacrifice, right. shedding his blood, uh, he nullified the old covenant. And now there's a new covenant. Right. So... Yeah, God doesn't have two simultaneous covenants going on. And and this is actually where, maybe I don't even want to say this, but hard dispensationalism, what's called classical dispensationalism, 
they they hold both together. They say, oh, there still is a covenant with with the ethnic Jew, the nation of Israel, and it's this whole separate track of salvation for them. And the thing that God is doing with the Gentiles is totally separate. Mm. So there are these two tracks of salvation, these two separate peoples of God. One will inherit the kingdom of heaven. One will inherit the kingdom of earth. Like, And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not it at all either. That's bad. Uh, so... Man, I'm probably just making everything so confusing. But nonetheless, I mean, that's why this whole discussion is is there's so many different views because it is a little bit. There's a lot of things you got to hold in tension. Yeah. And okay, where, where where did I leave off? Okay, back to the well, you know, Israel's God's people. Now, there is a sense though where that can be if you nuance it in the right ways, mm-hmm. you can maybe make that statement. Now, I don't think that when people just throw that out there. As a as a way to shoulder support for Israel in this conflict going on in the Middle East right now, mm-hmm. I don't think they 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 have actually nuanced it in the right ways mm-hmm. to be theologically accurate. Mm-hmm. Now, where this where I where I say there is a there is a point to what they're saying if they've correctly nuanced it, we get this in Romans eleven, and this is kind of the if there's a one there's one chapter in all the Bible yeah. that kind of is all about this whole Israel thing yeah. and the future for Israel. Yeah. And what about Israel? It's this chapter. Yeah. So we got to so, talk so, about it. So where this gets, again, what you're doing, I think, Sam, why we talked about this is at least giving people some categories to think about yeah. this. Because sometimes current, again, because it's this hot-button issue. Yep. We did this in another podcast with hot-button issues. Let's have some discussion yeah. about them. We talked about revival, revival and, and stuff. Yeah. Asbury. But people say God's people. Okay, so sometimes, though, if people haven't thought it through, yep, they're so, they're in one sense talking geopolitically, right? Saying Israel is our ally, we like, yeah, you know what appears to be their moral stance from an Old Testament, yep, and they're kind of we're, we're connected to them, and that's more of the the geopolitical thing, right. and then but then when they say it, yeah, they sort of in their mind think there's this theological. Nuance that connects to it as well, yeah. But they haven't necessarily thought, thought that through. through, yeah. And I'm not even saying pro or con or debating it right now. I'm right. just saying we tend to do that here in the West, yep. in the U.S. Many of us because we've been influenced by some theological nuance of dispensationalists. So we hear Israel and we yep. automatically think, oh, right, yep, Old Testament God's people, yep, boom, 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 and and it's like, well, yes and no. Yes or no, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I'm the trying prob- to say. That's the problem. Yep. You got you to think it through s- slowly and take yep. your time if you're going to really jump jump down that, right. jump on that track. Right. Yes. So this Romans 11 is actually, I mean, it's it's towards the end of a of a section of Romans Romans nine through eleven that kind of is a is a united whole, mm-hmm. and, and Romans eleven is the climax of it. And so, obviously, Romans nine. If you're familiar with the Book of Romans, it's the it's this God's sovereignty, God's election, predestination, you know, mm-hmm. chapter. And we're not we don't need to walk all the way through that. Maybe maybe verse six of Romans nine would be important to read, just as kind of a preface, like how Paul is starting to to kind of uh, introduce this topic about he's he's talking about God's election in light of the Jewish people, like what's going on, hmm. and. He starts in Romans 9, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. 
For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So who is he talking about? He's talking about his, his Jews, his Jewish brothers and sisters. They have an ethnicity. They have an ethnicity. Connected to Abraham. Yes. Bloodline. Right? Yes. Yep. What is he saying? Because Paul is a, is a Jew, an ethnic Jew. Mm -hmm. So he says, my, my brothers, my kinsmen, mm -hmm. according to the flesh. Right. And that phrase, according to the flesh, means, you know, biological, ethnic. Yep. Physical seed. Yep. So he's basically saying, you know, it's 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 family stuff. Like, we feel this. Like, when we have uh, a, mm -hmm. a, a family members, our very blood and flesh, that don't know Christ, it grieves us to a great degree uh, that just some random non-believer somewhere doesn't grieve us in, a, in the same way. So Paul is saying, I'm so grieved for my brothers and sisters according to the flesh, my fellow Jews, that they don't know Christ, that I wish I could be cut off if they could be brought in. That's a crazy statement, but that's what he's saying. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. So he says they have this rich history and legacy because God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. God gave them the law. God did all these amazing things through them. Um, verse 5, to them belong the patriarchs, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ. So God in the flesh came from their ethnic line. Right. Amazing. Who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Verse 6 then. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. So there again, we have this interesting phrase. It's kind of back to your Romans 2 thing. And not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. So, and then he starts to unpack this whole uh, mystery of, of election and predestination and, and God's will. And so we don't need to get into all, the, into all of that, but this reality of not all Israel or Israel, what is he saying? Okay, within the category of ethnic Israel, you have the true Israel, which are the those who share the faith of Abraham. And we already said that. Right. So it's the same type of thing going on here. Yeah. Now he's he's unfolding this whole thing, Romans Romans nine into Romans ten, and then finally we get to Romans eleven, where he starts to kind of bring it to the, its climax, mm -hmm. and he says, "I ask then." This is verse one of of chapter eleven. I ask then, has God rejected His people? Who is He talking? What's the antecedent to His people? He's talking about ethnic Israel. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the Jews. And he says, by no means. So that's where I said that we have to nuance this because he says his people. Yep. Okay, what does he mean by that? Right. That's <laughs> the, what you're saying. It's so a theologically it. loaded term. Yeah. What does he mean? Okay, well, let's keep reading. Paul says, by no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Mm -hmm. Paul's laying out his, his ethnic credentials. Right. Here's my birth certificate, basically. Look. <laughs> Look at what tribe I'm from. I share the blood of Abraham. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scriptures say of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. 
know, obviously he's talking about, you know, when he has his big showdown, showdown with the prophets of Baal and Jezebel, and he, he, you know, puts to death all these, these false prophets and, and then Jezebel's after him and he's running and it's just like, I'm the only one left. I just want to die, Lord. Yeah. Am I, I'm the only one that's is fighting for you, Lord. Yeah. And God reveals to him, no, you don't understand. I have a, I have a remnant. Yeah, there's a bunch of others. Of 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. Yeah. So he's going to say that. Um, but what does God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. To Baal, to Baal. I don't know how people pronounce it all three ways. <laughs> uh, so, too, at the, so too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. Isn't that interesting? Chosen by grace. Yeah. This is where we get our great <laughs> doctrines of grace. Um, unconditional election. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Right. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. That's such a cool verse in the midst of that. Uh, verse 7, what then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it. But the rest were hardened. And, as, and then he quotes, As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and bend their backs forever. Isn't that interesting? So he says, what, so back to verse 7, What then Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking? The elect obtained it. So what is he saying? Who, who obtained it? The ones, the, the, the Jew within the Jew. The, yeah. The, the, the true Israel of Israel. Yeah. The ones that shared the faith of Abraham. Yeah. They obtained it. Yeah. Not just everybody who shared the, the, yeah. the DNA of Abraham. Right. It's interesting. It's so interesting. They obtained it. Yep. But the rest were hardened, yeah. he says. Now, this is fascinating. So then we pick up in verse 11. So I ask... Did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass. Here we are getting a glimpse into the mystery of what's going on. We're starting to get some clarity. Rather, through their... Well, that's a funny word. Clarity and mystery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. We're getting some, some answers to the mystery. Uh the mystery is being clarified. <laughs> somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. Okay, go ahead. Rather, through their trespass... Salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. This is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, okay, the, all those, all those ethnic Jews who rejected God's covenant, yep. covenant transgressors, and then when we get to Christ, obviously the, the, the ones that killed Jesus, they rejected their Messiah, they rejected their Davidic heir, they rejected their king, they put him to death on a cross— so, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So as to make Israel jealous. That's so fascinating. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, mm -hmm. how much more will their full inclusion mean? So Paul, he's showing his cards a little bit here. Because the whole accusation is, God must be a, a breaker of his promises. That's what Paul is trying to, he's answering that question. Well, God chose mm -hmm. ethnic Israel. What? He's, now he's just rejecting them and forgetting about them? Isn't he breaking all these promises that he's made to them? That's the accusation. Paul's answering the accusation. Say, hey, you don't understand what's going on here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
bring some clarity. All these Jews that have rejected Christ, by their rejection of him, that is God's sovereign means to now go bring in the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating then. But it's an order, though, with all that in mind, it's an order to still make his, his first people jealous, mm-hmm. which is implying, I mean, this is, this is classic, this is classic dating, you know, uh, uh, tactics, you know, oh. when a, when a girl breaks up with a guy or a guy breaks up with a girl and then, and then what is, what, are, what is the person that got broken up with? Well, they go and they start dating somebody else in order to make this person jealous and want them back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're using that. Well, it's a good analogy. Okay. We all know yeah, it. Yeah, we all yeah. do it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to make this, this person that I had a relationship with at one point, I'm going to make them jealous so they want Well, me. we all don't do that, but yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> We're all familiar. We've all seen somebody okay. do this. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. But it's, it's an interesting intrigue, right? I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> because. You keep going. I have so the some point is about that. so what I'm trying to flesh out is this idea, the supersessionist idea, that the church and the Gentiles and the, have totally replaced, F- fully replaced, fully replaced. These are the God's people, and there's nothing else. Nothing else for the Jews. And you're saying there's a hint here. There's a hint here. More than a hint, really. Th- this whole idea of making Israel jealous. Yeah. That ha- that doesn't make any sense if if Israel is just totally done with. Right. We're done with them. They've served their purpose in the past. Done. Yeah, it's one of the pieces of evidence for you, for me, and why you you don't hold to the full covenant idea. You, right, you're the more right pre-mill idea. Right. right, exactly. So if we keep going, then the 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 fact that the Jews rejected Christ, yeah, opens the door for the inclusion of the Gentiles. Right. So Jesus preached to the Jews. That's why he said we preached to the Jews yeah. first. Right. And then they reject him. Okay, now go to the Gentiles. Right. Paul, even in his ministry, when well, he, he was did called, a lot, he'd go to the synagogues he, first. He started with the Jews, yep. and Once then they would reject him, and then they would go to the Gentiles. Right. Now, can I say something about yep. that? I don't. Yep. That's what I, I was thinking it earlier. I'll just throw it in now. Maybe there's a better time to throw it in. But even when you say this, this is another one of those things you have to think through. Is that even you go to John eight, and um, Jesus is telling these leaders of the nation of Israel at that yes. time. Let me say it that way. These chief priests, these yeah. the, the bosses. And that's a, that's a very important Yeah, nuance. that's what I'm saying. There's something. And he's saying, no, 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 you're not following, following your father Abraham. Yeah, you're following right. your father the devil right. because you're rejecting me. Yeah. And yet, yet, this is why this is, again, you call it muddy water, but you have to think this through. All the first apostles were Jewish. Yeah. So in one sense, these leaders representing something... Mm-hmm did reject Christ. They did. And therefore, they did not follow after God. Right. And yet, the first wave of Christianity, if you was want to Jews. think of it, was Jews. Yep. So not everybody rejected. That's why Paul says, hey, right. I'm, an Ab- I'm a Benjamin. So that's why when people use this term, even Jews yeah. or Israel, like in our day today, I'm going to go, well, what do you mean by that? Right. Because even if I just go to my New Testament, there's, there's a sense in which, right, like, no, there's these real Jewish people mm-hmm. who believed in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And they still even look Jewish, did Jewish things mm-hmm. in the New Testament in that mm-hmm. first century, mm-hmm. but they believed in the Messiah. Yep. Right? And then there was a, a wrestling with, that's another whole discussion for another day, okay, so what do we still participate in as Jewish people in light of this new 
reality of right. walking with Christ, right? right? And that's yeah, a, that, that opens up a whole another door. Right. So all I'm saying though yeah. is again in this this current conversation when people say, you know, these are God's people or those are God's people. There's a bunch of nuances here. Yeah. You have to think through what you mean by that. Yeah, that's right? that's all I'm trying to say. And, yeah. and we're saying, for it, sure, people, God's people today in 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 a very powerful, well, in, a, in a salvific way, salvific way, is, are, not, that, are not the, the, the is the Jewish is, you is know. it's not an ethnicity. No, it's anybody who's trusted Christ. Exactly, all tribes, all tongues, all nations. Right. So one and one yet, one yet, geopolitical nation doesn't have the claim we're God's people. Right. Not anymore. Right. At one point, yeah, old covenant. Right. right. That's the point. Right. There's a difference now. There's right. a, there's a discontinuity. Right. And the new covenant people are people from every tongue, tribe, and nation yeah. who share the faith of Abraham. Right. And then one other nuance we could throw out there too, if anybody wants to be even more confused. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why when I hear this stuff, I'm like, oh, you know, people ask me to weigh yeah. in. You know, I'm in ministry, and you know, I, I read this stuff, so yeah. people want me to weigh in. But I'm like, gosh, it's a big discussion yeah. because the other side you have then is, and we've you've mentioned it here this this bloodline to Abraham. Yeah. Okay, well, throughout the centuries, we've had people who, if you will, accepted Judaism, joined Judaism right. from a different place. Right. And technically, their actual physical bloodline isn't Abraham. Right. But they would call themselves Jewish now, and they've been Jewish right. for centuries. Right. We, and there's a lot of that in our world. There's, right. You know, they have names for that, you know. And um, so, yes, they would claim the line of Judaism. Right. But technically, in a bloodline way, they're not. Right. So what does that mean? Yeah. So does God honor that because they well, somehow? Well, I, I have my opinions, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty firm on my opinions on that. I'll yeah. put myself on the line, and just say, okay, we, we have to distinguish, we have to distinguish an ethnicity, like a, a actual physical descendant. Yeah. Because from, when Paul's writing, he's talking about that from a, from a national identity. Yeah. From a religion. Yeah. So okay, we have three categories there. Yeah. We have actual ethnic lineage. Okay. We have. We have national identity. So if I go and pull out my, my pa passport from my drawer over in my bedroom, right. I am an American citizen. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. Right. I have a passport. Right. I was born here. Like, okay. Sure. Yep. That's a good clarification. Okay. okay. And, then, and then I actually have an ethnic lineage, and it's, it's a hodgepodge of things because I'm a mutt, like we almost all are yeah. in, in America, yeah. many of us. Like I, I could say, well, I'm... I have descendants from from Sicily. I have descendants from Sweden. I have descendants from Germany. I have descendants from, a little bit from yeah. England. Okay, yeah. There's there's my ethnic lineage. It's all these hodgepodge, all these different yeah, bloodlines. You're, you're a mutt. Yep, okay. a mutt. But for the most part, European. Yep. And then and then I have uh, my religious affiliation, which is saying I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm a Christian. You're, that's your citizenship yep. in heaven. Uh, that's my spiritual citizenship. So, so you have three identities. Three identities. Yep. So. What's going on with this, What you, the thing you just said about somebody uh, later on? Let's just say somebody right now. Yeah, joins, joins Judaism. Puts, what are the, puts what are the, the trust in Judaism. Right, let's say an American citizen. Right. Okay. Joins. Yeah. Becomes a Jew. Right. The only sense of that, that they're a Jew, is is a religious sense. Right. They're adhering to these these this religious uh, thing of Judaism. Right. But what we're saying, though... Is that that the old covenant, the the law, the sacrificial system, the priesthood, mm -hmm. the, that whole cultic practice? Now, 
don't have a negative connotation under cultic. Cultic means religious. Religious. Use the word religious. Yeah, religious. Right. The whole religious system of right. the, under the old covenant, that is nullified yep. with Christ's once and for all sacrifice on the cross. Right. So now, what does that mean about the Jewish religion today? And whatever they say you have to do to be a part of this religion. It's nullified. What, what, what we would put it under the banner of a false religion now. It's not. It's not true religion. It's not true practice. It's not true worship of God. It's false. There's no covenant there. There's no covenant with Yahweh there or with God. Mm-hmm. There's no, it doesn't exist because the new covenant, right, cut with the blood of of the Lamb Christ, right. nullified the old covenant. There's only one new covenant. There's only one covenant people now. It's those who have faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's it. So if you if you become a religious Jew today and proselytize yourself into the Jewish religion, it's nothing. It's just like becoming a Muslim or becoming whatever. It's like you're you're just becoming an adherent to a false religion. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So when we're I'm saying this, I'm saying this with a level of for me personally, a level of conviction. Uh, maybe conviction is too hard, but a level of like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain about this, that when, when I'm reading Romans 11 and I'm reading my Bible and I'm reading about uh, a future for Israel, mm-hmm. I understand that to be under my three categories. Mm-hmm. I understand that to be ethnic Israel. Yeah, you're right. And that's why there's a, again, yeah. th- these nuances are important when people say, Right. That's what. Right. And that's been my issue, by the and, way. And, as I and, hear these and, discussions, and, I'm like, and, okay, and so what would, do you mean? Yeah. And I would yeah. give, and I would be open. I would be open. So ethnic, and and national citizenship. That those two kind of together. More on the ethnic side. So, you do have people because obviously Israel was reconstituted as an actual nation, as a state, a nation state. What what year was it? Nineteen forty eight. Forty eight. Yep. So. So just as I am a citizen of, a, of the United States of America, you actually have people who are citizens of, of the nation state of Israel today. And so in a sense, they, they actually are, are, are Jews by citizenship. Right. They actually live in the nation with, yep. with actual geopolitical barriers and boundaries and, and a real president, Netanyahu, uh, like I am in, as an American. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a reality to that though that I think is even maybe could have a have a place in this discussion of what I'm saying is is legitimate. It's a legitimate Jew. But we're assuming that those who are who are citizens of Israel today of this actual physical geopolitical nation mm-hmm. are likely I'm making the assumption that they're ethnically Jewish. Now, that's a big assumption, it might not be true. So because this is the question. This is the question that I like to ask, too. Okay, somebody from every Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations. Right. What do we mean by nations? Ethnos is the Greek word there. What do we mean by that? Yeah, that's another. What yeah. do we mean by Genesis 17 when, when, when um, um, goy, goy is the term used there, the Hebrew term, goy. Uh, for a nation? Yeah, for a nation. Yeah. So, okay, I, I'm going to, he's making this covenant with Abraham, God is, and right. I'm going I'm to bless all nations through you. Right. You're going to be the descendants of many nations, a multitude of nations. Right. Kings will come from you. Kings of these nations will come from you. Hmm. What, does he, what does he mean 
by goi there. Mm-hmm. And, and then obviously then in the Greek, what do we mean by ethnos? Yeah. And I wrote a whole paper on that. And I, I wrote a whole paper on trying to come up with the distinguishing marks of what a nation is, mm-hmm. especially, okay, Old Testament, when the nations are being birthed, when they're being founded and created by God. Mm-hmm. Think of Tower of Babel. And, and God is creating nations from the descendants of Noah and, and Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And, and okay, who, what, how do we, how can we put the stamp of, okay, this is a nation. Yeah. And there's, mul- there's multiple distinguishing marks. Right. There's, there's, there's a law. There's, there's ge- geopolitical barriers or actual boundaries and barriers. Mm-hmm. There's, there's leadership. There's a king. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an interesting thing. There's a, there's an actual like angelic, uh, or you know you can put the slash angelic demonic ruler mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. So it says in Deuteronomy that God determined the number of the nations based upon the number of the sons of God. <gasps> like that's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all that going on. Yeah. Uh, there's a language, and there's a, an assumed common lineage. So all that goes into a definition of a nation, and. And so when when we're we are promised in the new in the New Testament that God will save people from every tongue, tribe, and nation, mm-hmm. and that we get to Revelation seven nine and we see people from every tongue, tribe, and nation gathered before the throne of God worshiping the Lamb. Yeah. Okay. Does I'm saying that on my more dispensational side of the things, Israel was a legitimate nation among the nations in the Old Testament. Yeah. In that Old Testament right frame frame, are we just saying? that they are no longer one of those nations that's going to be present in the eschatological kingdom in the future, gathered before the Lamb, worshiping Him? I'm saying no. Like, well, yeah, yes, they're going to be there. No, the church hasn't just replaced them. Yeah. Because the church isn't a geopolitical yeah. entity. The church is a spiritual people mm-hmm. who live in and among the nations of the world. Mm-hmm. And God is saving. He's He's saving people out of the nations today. And this is my premillennialism coming out now. And people dis- can disagree with this. Mm-hmm. He's saving people out of the the nations of today, mm-hmm. the geopolitical nations, in order to reconstitute the the nations in the millennial reign, when Christ then rules over the nations. Mm-hmm. So, of which I'm saying that Israel will be one of those nations. Yeah. So God is saving Jews, <laughs> ethnic Jews. Ethnic, their bloodline again. Yeah, saving bloodline. Jews yep. that, who believe in him. Paul would be one of them. The yep. original disciples would be one of them. Right. Some of them. He's saving them Yeah. in order, to, and then they then will be the citizens of the eschatological nation of Israel in yeah. the future. Gotcha. And, and we could we could even give an example of, of America right now. Mm. I don't know if America will be one of those eschatological nations. No, I get, gotcha. But we'll use it as an example of saying, Dan and I right now are, are American citizens. Yeah. We've been saved by believing in Christ through faith. Mm-hmm. And so we have a we have a spiritual identity as, as descendants of Abraham, mm-hmm. as offspring of Abraham. Got it. And then we then will make up the population of, of those citizens then. Mm-hmm. Who will, who will populate the nation of America and the eschatological kingdom? Does that, that make sense? If that was one of the nations, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was one of the nations, right, right. 
Yep. So I never actually lose my national identity. Right. Being saved today as an American citizen uh, promises that I will then be an American citizen in Christ's kingdom when he rules all yeah. the nations. Yep. And that's that's a little bit of a... It's a theological grid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for yeah, understanding. Yeah. Again, yeah. not weighing in on... I mean, killing a people is wrong, and right. we, we could have that. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about... Right. Right? The so, ge- geopolitical battle. So we're trying to understand... So who the, are those, if anything, who are those who lose their national identity? Th- those who lose their national identity are those who did not believe in Christ, and therefore then they don't get the right, they don't get the ability to actually live in Christ's eschatological kingdom as one of the people who comprises the nations that are before the throne. Right. That makes sense. Sure. So, uh, and this actually has, I mean, has lots of uh, um, implications for Christian nationalism and all this stuff. It's a very, you know, interesting thing. But just to pick up back in Romans 11... You know, as we start to finish up, we've been going for almost an hour now. So, verse 13 then. Now, well, wait, I'm going to start in verse 11. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through Mm -hmm. their trespass, again, Paul's talking about the Jews, Mm -hmm. ethnic Jews, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Okay. Right. So as to make Israel jealous. We talked about that. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world. Yep. And if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, so he's making an argu- a logical argument here, if because they rejected Christ, that that means then that the Gentiles get to experience salvation. Mm-hmm. How much more will their full inclusion mean? So he's bringing us to something future. Okay, they've rejected him. That means that you Gentiles can be saved. Now, how much more then if they're brought back in? Yeah. So he's, he's starting to en- entertain this. Let's think about this. And then yeah. he goes on. Now I am speaking to you Gentiles. I speak, he's talking to these Roman Gentiles now. Mm-hmm. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. I magnify my ministry in order, in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous. So Paul is kind of saying, "Hey, I'm I'm preaching to you Gentiles partly because I want to make my my kinsmen in the my kinsmen my 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 brothers in the flesh jealous." Yeah. Remember how that's how we started Romans nine, right? Two chapters earlier. Oh, I would give up. Oh, oh my, yeah, I'd give I, up everything. I'd give up my salvation if it meant rescuing my own brethren. Yeah. yeah. So he sees this as a tactic. Being an apostle to the Gentiles, he sees this as a tactic. Yeah. To get his his wow. his ethnic brothers and sisters saved. Right. To make him jealous. Right. And thus save some of them. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. Some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world. Hmm. <laughs> What will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? Yeah. If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And he goes on and, and unpacks this illustration. Verse 17, but if some of the branches were broken off, who are the branches? They're Jews, individual Jews. Mm-hmm. Some of the branches were broken off, and you, he's talking to, about Gentiles, and you Gentiles Although a wild olive shoot, mm-hmm. Dan and I are wild, wild olive shoots, mm-hmm. were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. 
So Gentiles could have this posture of arrogance. Oh, look, God rejected his people. He right. he pulled off. Rejected these, Israel. Even. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we, we look at us. We're so great. Yep. He's saying, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, if you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Let's just make a comment. What What is the root? The root is, if anything, if we want to go back, the root is the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. That is the root sure. that he's talking about. Sure. And the promises made to Abraham. And, sure. and obviously from those promises we com- comes Christ. Yeah. So the root is promises and a covenant made with the, the father of the Jews. Yeah. So if you are, remember, it, this is a weird sentence. If you are, comma, remember it is not you who support the root, comma, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, quote, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Right. End quote. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through the faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, right. ethnic Jews, neither will he spare you. Talking to Gentiles. Yeah. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen but God's kindness to you. Yeah. Provided so, you continue in his kindness. Right. So basically saying provided you continue in faith and right. belief in Christ. But it's but but there's an emphasis there, right? All on grace. That's All on point. grace. Yep. You didn't earn this. You didn't earn this. You didn't do anything about this. Yep. Yeah. And if it hadn't been maybe for the failing of Israel, you yep. you wouldn't have this anyway. You wouldn't have this anyway. So don't be proud. Don't be proud. And live in fear of God. Yep. And while they're broken off for a period of time. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Otherwise, you too would be cut off. Right. <laughs> and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, right. think about that. If they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. Yeah. For God has the power to graft them in again. Yeah. Important word there, again. Yeah. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree mm-hmm. and grafted contrary to your nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more, here's an argument from the lesser to the greater, how much more will these, the natural branches, ethnic Israel, ethnic Jews, mm-hmm. be grafted back into their own olive tree? Yep. So, then he goes, lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery. This is the whole mystery. Brothers, a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Mm -hmm. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. Now, this is the loaded, that's a loaded verse. All Israel will be saved. People have debated about this. There's four primary views. Three of them would fall under the covenantal category, and one of them would be the dispensational reading. Obviously, I'm on the dispensational reading. Mm -hmm. And and so the, the one covenantal reading is that when Paul says all Israel will be saved, he simply just means the church. All the all the elect will will be saved. Gotcha. Made up of, you know, people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Yep. Okay. That's replacement theology. I disagree with that. One is saying that uh all the Jews among the Jews will be saved. Okay, that's getting close that that's possibility. One is saying, um one is saying that in the future there's going to be a, a mass conversion of mm-hmm. of ethnic Jews. Yep. Okay. 
that's like a Douglas Moo position. And a lot of people hold that position. I think it's an actual legitimate position. Like, I could go there. But because I'm just over the fence on the dispensational side, I also see in it a, a national connotation too that there's going to be a reality in the premillennial kingdom where all those who are citizens of the nation of Israel, one of those eschatological nations, will be saved ethnic Jews. Mm -hmm. So both a mass conversion, sort of. Mass conversion, for sure. But an actual geopolitical... Geopolitical implications. Entity. Entity. Nation. But that will be under... Under... The, the rule, the the, 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 rule the, of the lordship of Christ in the in the in in, in the, the millennial eschaton. kingdom, yeah, in, yes. the, in the fun, yes, in the yes, future yes. kingdom, right? Gotcha. For sure, for sure, sure. So that's how I read that. Yep, that's good. So that all the citizens of that eschatological nation, Israel, yep. will be saved. Yep. So now that you spend an hour and confused everybody, yeah, I know. Well, let me just finish this up. Let me just finish <laughs> this up. Uh, and in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written: the deliverer will come from Zion; he will banish ungodliness yep. from Jacob. And that is banish ungodliness, meaning there will be no more Jews who are unbelieving. Mm-hmm. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So that's kind of towards that that mass conversion that's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. As regards the gospel, here's here's a great text, though, too, for us today to think about this. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. So us Gentiles, Dan and I, sitting here, and we're thinking about these Jews who haven't repented and believed in Christ— as regards the gospel, there are enemies. Regarding the gospel. Regarding the gospel, yeah. So but as regards them. as regards election, right. they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. Yep. So God still is thinking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. He still has in mind the promises he made to their forefathers. And I, again, I'm talking about ethnic Jews. Right. It's so important to keep in mind. Right. So as regards... Because God made his covenant, and God elected the nation of Israel under the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And the, in, in, in the New Testament, we revealed the, the specificity of that, that within an election of a nation, there's actually truly salvific election for individuals. The New Covenant community is made up of elect individuals who are given the Spirit. But there still is this reality that the, the nation of Israel is, in a sense, elect, chosen. So there, it implies then that there still is a future for the nation. Yep. Okay, if that makes sense. Sure. F- for verse 29. But when, for, but when you think of enemy to the gospel, I think that's important, especially yeah. in today's rhetoric, yeah. right? Today's rhetoric, it's, it's important. But when you're thinking about this, it reminds me of Stephen. Yeah. You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in your heart. Yep. And ears are always resisting. This is Acts 7 when he's preaching to yeah. them. You're always resisting the Holy Spirit. You're doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become, you who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Yep, exactly. That's not... Yeah. Yep, enemies that's, of the gospel. That's not the current geopolitical thing. No. That has to do with how you see the gospel, right. respond to the gospel. And he's telling these Jewish people in Acts 7, you've rejected the gospel. You, you've you yeah. rejected the yeah. spirit, yeah. right? So, yep. so again, again, you have to be very careful how you talk about it. Yeah. And this, this enemy, there's a, there's a... Paul, when he uses enemies, this word enemies, he, it's this connotation of an act of rejection of something. So mm-hmm. uh, the enemies of the gospel are people who actively 
reject or hate God. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Right. So the, these Jews actively reject and hate God. Yeah. Enemies of the gospel. That's right. what that means. But it's not, again, I'm just trying to be cautious. Yeah. We've been talking about this for, obviously, it's really a hot button issue. We're not talking about a hatred towards an ethnicity. No. See, that's why we have to be very careful. Right. It's like, no, no, no. And there are people that do that. Right. It's like, no, no, that would be wrong. Right. Right? Right. Right. We're, well, we, we're, and, and the thing is, the, the beauty of the gospel is that there is no grounds at any at, at all for a hatred towards an ethnicity. Right. It's the exact opposite. That's right. Jesus, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, it's, There's it's a the, whole discussion. It's that the, the, the crucifixion, the, the death of, and, and burial and resurrection of Christ and his ascension is saying all ethnicities, yep. all peoples of every tongue, tribe, and nation are mine now. I'm reclaiming them. They're yeah. mine. Right. Go That's bring good. the gospel to all of them. That's good. So there, the, this idea of a, of, a, of a type of, yeah, like a, a hatred for an ethnicity. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, but even that's a nuance. You have to separate yeah, it's, that. It's, he's just saying he's saying that, like when you're reading your scriptures, when Peter, when when right. Stephen's saying this, right. he's saying he's speaking to the Jewish leaders at that time, right. going, "You have rejected the gospel, right. so you're an enemy to the gospel." Yes. Right. Yes. And yet here we tar- turn around, and Paul's going, "But I would give myself. I would give, I'd up give my, my salvation that you would be brought in. That you would be brought. Yeah. In. So it's not." You ethnicity is my enemy. Right. That's that's all I'm trying to and say. We, Again, in this say cu- current cultural milieu, you've got to be very love careful. Your enemies. Right. See, so how do we love our enemies by giving them the gospel? Gospel. Yeah. So but they, they but they are in. but they are anybody who would reject the gospel. Yeah, is an enemy of the gospel. Of the gospel. Of the gospel. Right. Right. And and, and, and in a sense, in a, in a real sense, an enemy of me as uh, according to the gospel, as regards the gospel, as a Christian. Yes. Right. So I have, you know, I could, I could say that my na- my next door neighbor, who is a non Christian, we're enemies according to the gospel. Yep. But and that could not. be anybody that accepts anything other, right? But we're not from atheism to all sorts of. Yep. But nationally speaking, we're not enemies. Right. We're citizens of the same nation. See? But that's an important nuance, yeah, right? So in, many in this nuances current, to that. Current yeah, yeah, rhetoric, yeah. right? And then, and then, my call as a Christian is to love my enemies, which right. means, right, in a real practical sense. Yep. Do good to them. Do good for them. Bless them. Yeah. Bless them. Uh, of which the pinnacle of that is bring them the gospel. Yep. Very good. So okay. That's a great clarification. It's just so important. All that to say, verse twenty nine. Then for the gifts and the calling of God are are irrevocable. Some people say irrevocable. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to say irrevocable. Irrevocable. That's but what I do there too. again. It could anyway, be. It could but be. That's a, a, I could be a place I grew up, and we said it that yeah. way. Yeah. So, you know. Irrevocable. So is verse it, 29. Is it, this Lu- is, is it Louisville or Louisville? Yeah. <laughs> Missouri or Missouri? Yeah, you, yeah, you're, yeah, where yeah. are you living? Are you living in Missouri or Missouri? Yeah. <laughs> Oregon or Oregon. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is, verse 29 is important, though, for the gifts and calling of God are, are irrevocable. So that's where, uh, you know, I want to wave my hand and say, hey, there's something to this future thing for, for, for the national uh, Israel, for ethnic Israel. Because God has made his promises and has elected this nation of Israel, and, and the gifts and calling of God are, are irrevocable. Therefore, then, that seems to necessitate the fact that there's going to be uh, uh, there's going to be a fulfillment of those promises in the future for the nation of Israel, because the calling of God is irrevocable. Okay, verse 30 then, "...for just as you were at one time disobedient to God..." 
he's talking to the Gentiles, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, Jews, disobedience of the Jews, disobedience of the Jews. So they too have now been disobedient, disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. That is so fascinating. Verse 32, for God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. So there is this order of things in order to magnify the glory of God and magnify his mercy and grace. He consigns all to a, to a period, to a state of disobedience in order that his mercy might be made known to all. And here we want to interpret all like all nations, all, you know, the, the categories of people, tribes, tongues, nations, all groups, all types. Mm -hmm. So all types, all groups, all nations, all ethnicities have been consigned to a period of disobedience and rejection of God in order that their, God's mercy might be shown to all of those. Yep. That's fascinating. Yeah. So the Jews, they, their, their nation was birthed under covenant, under a covenant, right. under uh, under the grace of God, in a sense. Right. So, in a sense, they didn't they didn't have as a nation, mm -hmm. as a people, they didn't have a period mm -hmm. of disobedience. Okay. And so, in God's logic and God's plan, yeah, He's going to consign them to a state of disobedience in the future, then for them, which is right now for us. Yeah. So now they're in the state of disobedience, in order that one day He will can show them mercy, and and so it's glorious. Yeah. We as Gentiles had our period of disobedience. That was under the old covenant. Uh, interesting. Does hey, that make sense? Yeah. So that's just all fascinating. It's so fascinating. God's. That's why Paul then says, verse thirty-three: "Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Yeah. Who can understand? How this? unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways? Yeah. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? Or who has given a, given a gift to Him right. that He might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To yeah. Him be glory forever. Amen. Right. So that is just like." Paul is unpacking this, obviously inspired by the Spirit here, unpacking this mystery of hope. Going back to Romans 9. Yeah, right? uh, and, and, and going back to how are all these nations going to be brought right. into this. But I just mean Romans 9 in the sense that he's in control of all of this. All of this. He's sovereign over all of this. Yeah, and his and, electing and, and, purposes and, and, and are we just... we can't fully understand all of this, but there's an electing purpose that he has in all of this. Yeah. Right? Is that what you... Yeah, he's, he's, kind of... he's making himself a people of every tongue, tribe, and nation. Yes. And so even to the point of people being disobedient in a period of time f yeah. is for the... For the purpose of magnifying his mercy and grace. Yeah. It's really interesting, right? And again, how 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 can a nation, how can a people, how can an ethnicity uh, glorify God as, I don't deserve this. Yeah. I have been given free grace and mercy, if not, if not after disobedience yeah. and rejection. Yeah. That's the logic. Right, and he he gives that actually. If we go back to Romans nine, he he pull, he gives that logic as well. Uh, listen to verse twenty two of chapter nine. What if God, desiring to show His wrath and to make known His power, right, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Here's the logical connection: in order that, in order to make known the riches of His glory for vessels of mercy, which He has prepared before Him for glory. Yeah. So there is this, there is this logic to God's redemptive purposes and plan, where where 
wrath needs to be shown, mm-hmm. displayed, and poured out in order for grace and mercy to be revealed, in order for grace and mercy to be glorious. Yeah. And that and that he's doing that with all the nations as well. Each yeah. nation has to be and under... And he's doing it individually, right? He's doing it individually, and he's doing it I mean, nationally. Ephesians 2, ethnically. we yep. were objects of God's wrath, By just nature. as you. Yep. He says that. Yep. We were just like you. We were actually objects of wrath, but God's grace and mercy exactly. has now come. It puts God on display. Exactly. Right? Which which then lends itself to this whole discussion. I'm, I have to be very cautious in my life of pretending, I, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but of drawing lines and going, well, I'm in and they're not. Right. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. My focus is to be on a great God who's merciful, and He's unfolding something. Yeah, and my job isn't to say, "Well, they're the good guys and they're the bad guys." Necessarily, right? I mean, obviously, there's certain things we have to draw that on, but I want to be careful about yeah. that. But it really does humble you. Yeah, you know, which brings me back to grace and yep. mercy. And I find myself—it's what what I tell people sometimes, even in our evangelism. We tell people, um, "I find myself rescued." Yes, it isn't because I'm smarter than you, right? It isn't because I'm better than you. I think of Alistair Bake. How did you get here? Oh, the uh, thief he, on the cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the yeah. God, the man on the middle cross said I could come. That's it. It really is a humbling position. And he, and he, and he prefaces that. Alistair prefaces that with, yep. "Okay, how how are, how did you find yourself saved?" And right. if and he said, "If the answer begins in the first person, I, you already got it wrong." There you go. That's what he says. The first person. Yep. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not, he. It's he. He did this. He, the man that's on the middle I'm, cross. That's a great said point. I could come. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. So even in this current conflict, as we think all this through and say, right. okay, there's nuances and some I don't fully understand. Right. I would tell you. I mean, I've thought this stuff through for years, and I'm still like, like I have to go back and <laughs> think this through. Like, just be really humble. Yeah. And again, we're not saying people killing people and this sort of thing. You can draw lines. There's justice in the world. Yeah. Got that. But be really careful about they're the good guys and they're the bad guys. Right. It's so easy to do that quickly, right? Particularly with us, we're the good guys; they're the bad guys. Yeah. So I'm gonna go well, right? <laughs> yeah, people take that and run it the wrong way I mean, too. Because just, I'm not. Yeah, there's there's so much more going on. Yeah, in the theological in the reality, theological, of, spiritual of this, of this reality. Yep. Yep. yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that might have been, you know, clear as mud for you guys listening, but. <laughs> well, it helps people at least. I, yeah. hope, I hope it does this. Even if people walk away and go, boy, I still don't fully understand it all. It helps people be a little more humble. Humble. About just throwing words out there and saying they, they think they understand it. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to think this through yeah. and be careful about it. Yeah. That's the thing I've been, yeah. you know, when you and I started talking about this, I hear lots of people saying stuff and I'm going, I wonder if they know what they're saying. Yeah. Most likely not. Right. It happens. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. And, and and again, and, that's not weighing in. I want to say it again because you and I talked earlier on and I was a little nervous about the discussion is we're not weighing in on the geopolitical. Obviously, if somebody did an atrocity of some sort, right. they're guilty. They're guilty. We're not, we're not saying yeah. that. That's not what this discussion is about. Right. This discussion is really, in one sense, for the Christian who thinks about this theologically. Yeah. I mean, for anybody, but right. that's trying to think through... Right. What do we do with all of this? Right. How do you, how do you think about this? The 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 and I would even be, the the theological right. And I would you even think say we right? have to talk about it as Christians because our Bible is loaded with yeah, right. with those types of passages that we just read. Right. That's all about this. Right. So we have to talk about it. Right. But again, we have to be careful, uh, not to conflate our reading of the Bible and and say we basically now I understand all of the 
the nuances of what's going on right now with with world conflicts and wars. Right, right, right. It's like, wait a minute. Yep, <laughs> yep. You gotta be. You just gotta be. You gotta cautious. be really careful. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, that was fun though. I thought. I mean, I yeah. like. Well, I like, it's your, it's your, I like it's your jam. Now we're yeah, into yeah, Sam's yeah. jam. I mean, this is my jam a little bit. Like yeah. this is uh, in well, the grain of what I'm doing my dissertation on. Right. That's that's yeah. the point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun for me. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Preach and Persuade podcast. You know, whatever app you use, Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever it is, like if you could if you could leave a rating, that would be really helpful. If you could subscribe so that you get notified when an episode releases. I mean, I've been pretty consistent lately of releasing a new episode every Monday. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been that consistent for maybe ever, but the last couple months I've been able to do that. That's kind of nice. So yeah, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend. If you enjoy an episode, yeah, just share it with some friends. That would be really helpful for us. And, yeah, if you want to check out our ministry, you can go to afci.us. If you want to leave a donation for us, obviously I I pay for this podcast and doing this, obviously because people give to our ministry through Ambassadors for Christ. Um, We certainly see this as a ministry of of part of my ministry. Certainly Dan is part of his ministry too, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, we would really appreciate that. Uh, But, again, just thanks for listening and have a great day. Bye.